Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tradical Crypto Show. Today's guest is another person from a trading background. I've got a gentleman who has been trading across many different floors over the UK. I'm very interested to hear his perspective and here's the best thing. This gentleman, as a trader, has an exchange coming out shortly. I have got the man himself, Adam Todd of Digitex.com. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> Thanks. What an, what an intro. Thanks very much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's an absolute pleasure, Adam. And look, this is a caveat here. Adam and I have been talking a little bit prior to the interview. He's a fisherman and he's a spear fisherman. So if you're hearing some solid rapport here, now you know why. He's also a trader. <laughs> yeah, we've... We spent longer talking about spearfishing than trading, didn't we? <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to learn some stuff finally here. So Adam, let me just ask you, first of all, what's your background? Where have you traded? What's the story that you brought you to where you are? Um, well, I started off when I was uh, 19 as a, as a pit trader in London on the uh, London International Financial Futures Exchange, um, trading mostly the gov- German government bonds, the Bund, had a little in the FTSE, uh, the BTP, um, basically did that for four years as a, just a very short term scalper, uh, you know, proprietary trader with one of those lunatics with the red jackets on and, uh, just a very, very up and down, uh, <laughs> trading career. That was, you know, boom to bust a lot. Um, I actually ended up leaving the trading floor to go to New Zealand. I, I went broke for the last time and, um, got on a plane to New Zealand to go pick sweet corn and walk, walk through the forest for a few months. That, that was how I ended my pit trading career. It's, it's quite awesome to hear you say broke for the last time. Now as a trader and for the audience, many of you are trading. Um, you know, my story, I, I blew out three accounts as a, uh, 20, 20, 20 to 21 year old. I, I left. You got to, right? Oh, you have to learn, man. Like you've, you've got to, <laughs> you've got to risk it to make the biscuit. But the yeah. Three lessons aren't worth anything. The fact of the matter is, is this, you've got two choices. You either make the mistakes yourself and you just do, right? And then you realize you need help or you realize from day dot because you're smart enough that you can get help and you get it first. I was the first version. I blew out three accounts. I had a great little business in Noosa Heads, made some good money, traveled to London and decided I was going to be a trader. Three, oh, at the time I, I lost 9,000 pounds at a 21 year old, which at the time the, the, pound to the Australian dollar was $2.80 to the pound. So a substantial amount of money for a young man. That was when I realized I needed some help. And you can't just take that entrepreneurial get go into the markets because as I explain, it's like going into a professional kitchen. You've never cooked a souffle, smelt a souffle, seen a souffle, had a recipe for a souffle. You've got 15,000 ingredients and the boat goes, make a souffle. Very little chance of it actually working out. So what brought you into crypto? Um, what brought me into crypto? Well, you know, since then, I mean, I, I, I was back into, I got back into trading after that, after the, um, when was it? It was like 2003 when I finished my travels. I discovered um, betfair.com. Do you know about oh, yeah. the, uh, yeah, the betting exchange? And I, it was very much, it was very similar to trading futures. It was basically, I was, I started short-term trading on um, horse racing prices mm-hmm. just before the race started. Um, and then just as the race was about to start, I would hedge my position. So I made the same amount and then go to the next race. And in that manner, I would trade, you know, 20 races a day without any knowledge of horse racing whatsoever. I uh, didn't know one end of a horse from another. And I was just making money every day. I'm, at one point, I had a, a winning streak of eight months of daily trading without a losing day. And wow. that really got me back into, you know, the short term trading. 
And they had a different kind of commission structure where you weren't paying per trade. So I could be very, very active. Mm. Um, because I remember on the futures that commissions just always killed me. So it, it's just, and then, then I got out of, of Betfair trading. And to answer your question, why I got into crypto, I always had this dream of, of you know, being able to trade futures without paying commissions on, on trades, you know, transaction fees on trades, because it, it was always such a, it always just ruined the party. Mm. And when I discovered Ethereum and the ability to, you know, create your own token, that's when I had this idea that I could create an exchange where if you used its own token and you had the ability to mint and burn tokens, then there's, there's opportunities to generate revenue for the exchange other than charging transaction fees on trades. So it was really just scratching my own itch. I'd always had this dream in my head that can we trade futures without charging transaction fees on trades? And, and when I discovered Ethereum, that's really what brought that idea to fruition. And it's, it's, that's how many businesses are born from a, a, an inconvenience. We find a solution and you've done that by the sound of it. Now, question being, when you got the first wind of say Bitcoin or Ethereum or cryptocurrency or whatever it was, when was that? And what did it actually do to you in your life at that moment? Um, I think, well, I, I always feel I was kind of late discovering Bitcoin. It wasn't until like 2014 or something that I discovered Bitcoin and, you know, I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then, you know, 2015, 16, Ethereum came along. Um, and that's just really when it, I just started thinking about the possibilities that you can do with, with Ethereum. And yeah, that it just, it just started blowing my mind really what you could do with this. And that it's just this brand new currency, uh, this brand new thing that, that just hadn't existed before this whole new asset class that was, you know, unfolding before us. And, I, I just, I just felt very, very privileged, really, very lucky to just be in that spot and the right place at the right time as this is unfolding before us. But we're, we're very lucky to just be here at this exact moment. I think while, while cryptocurrency is just arriving. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And for those that are out there listening right now, thinking you've missed the boat as we're sitting. No, you've not. No. $1,738 right now. I do not believe that you have. You're still relatively early. So Adam, here's the thing. You, you learn about Ethereum, Bitcoin, all this sort of stuff. You started to plan out, I suppose, a potential way to fill one of your pet peeves of trading futures. And I'll stand here right now and say it can be expensive especially not just futures but certain cfds in certain international markets can be very very expensive uh to trade on an international you know market that's if you're not trading big volumes it can be very expensive but if you are trading big volumes look the percentage cost of the trade dips but it's still expensive in a dollar figure and as a trader Everyone thinks about being traded. You can do it from your own home, wherever you are in the world. It's wonderful, your own hours, all that. But there is a cost of doing business. And the cost of doing business, it comes in two ways, brokerage fees or spreads, right? They're your two ways that you make money in an exchange, what we traditionally call a broker. So how are you at Digitex eliminating the spread and the spread cost, sorry, and also the, the you know, commission brokerage fee structure? Right. This was the big breakthrough for me because, because, you know, commissions were just the bane of my life. Commissions ruined everything. And so I figured out that if we have this exchange, we create a futures exchange, and then we also create its own native currency. So in our case, it's called the Digitex token. Now, that currency is the only currency 
you can use on that futures exchange. So your account balance is denominated in Digitex tokens. The, the margin you post to open trades is in Digitex tokens. Your profits and losses are in Digitex tokens. So, you know, you might be trading the Bitcoin USD futures market, but you're making and losing Digitex tokens. And then, so by making the use of the token like that compulsory, there is now a big demand for that token. If the exchange becomes popular, if the markets become popular, which if they're commission-free, you know, they're going to be, um, there's a big demand for that Digitex token. And so what we can do with that demand now is instead of charging transaction fees on trades to cover our costs, now because we control our own currency, every year we can mint a small number of new Digitex tokens to cover the costs and sell those to the, you know, the demand that traders are creating for that Digitex token. So it's not money for nothing. You know, the money has to come from somewhere, you know, an exchange needs support costs, marketing costs, development costs. Um, but by having its own token, we've, we're transferring the revenue model from transaction fees on trades, which, which penalize traders to an inflationary kind of model where, the costs are being transferred to all token holders proportionally. So by doing that, we can run an exchange that can sustainably operate and keep moving, keep running, um, and there's absolutely no commissions or transaction fees on any trades ever. But does that mean the risk then goes onto the trade twofold? One, in the token itself, they're trading on, which is the Digitex token, against their future, whatever contracts they're trading. A, it needs to retain its value to make it a, a token that's worthwhile holding. And B, Correct. it's also driven by your marketing. If, if people do not use the platform, then the, the token will not increase in value. The volumes will not be there and you will not have a business. If, I mean, if there's no traders on the platform, then it's, it's not going to be very good. But that's the same with any exchange. If there's no traders on the platform, you've got no liquidity and your costs are huge because there's, there's no ability to get in and out of trades. So if there's no traders on the platform, any model that you have isn't going to work properly. Um, right, regarding, right. The, regarding whether the, you know, the, the token has to keep going up, the token doesn't have to keep going up in value. It just has to maintain a value. You know, if, if the token's at, say, $1 or something, it doesn't have to keep going up to, you know, for, the, for the model to be sustainable. It just, we just need to maintain, say we need, I don't know, say, say we need $5 million a year to, you know, maintain all the support, marketing and development costs of the exchange. We've got a billion tokens that, that would be, you know, 5 million tokens you have to mint. That's a half a percent inflation rate. So that itself is very, you know, crypto people can stomach a half percent devaluation in the token that that could happen in a day for various different reasons so so that that kind of model that kind of problem isn't really a problem the what you said about the digitex price volatility relating to their trades that that's the that's the main problem that the model does introduce you do have like you trade in bitcoin against the us dollar but the price fluctuation of the digitex token is also a very is also a factor in there and that is something that that is there um it's something that traders will have to accept they, they can hedge against it we're going to have some kind of peg system where you can peg digitex tokens the value of digitex tokens which is it's basically another futures market but that does require liquidity for that to work um, so there is that element, yes, that the 
Digitex price volatility can influence your trades. Well, that pegging mechanism would seem like a very smart idea to have for traders that come in and they go, look, I don't really care about having to uh, you know, hedge myself against Digitex personally and have to manage that. I want to trade the market with this platform because I believe in and I like it. Click that box, bam. There's an internal system there which will also hedge against Digitex. So therefore, it's sort of almost a stable coin for those that wish to have it as a stable coin. Now, the upside that, that's, with Digitex that's, is that's, if it goes yeah. up, you make the upside. If it goes down, well, you've got to deal with that. Well, this is, this is the, the thing. If we can figure out this, I mean, we've figured out the mechanics of the peg system. The thing is it needs liquidity. It needs to have a lot of traders in there for that system to work. Um, so, you know, the peg system does have... It, it has potential, but it does have its limitations too. Okay. Look, I understand that completely. I, I guess the main uh, bridge that traders will need to gap, and you need to build the trust out here, Adam, to make sure that they can do that. Because let's be honest, there's some great exchanges out there right now. Not so much on the order side of things. There are exchanges that have you know, entry and stop uh, orders together is one, which we spoke about pre-interview having you know where i can go to bed raise an order if i get filled my stop goes in at the same time and also better better yet i can also have the first target to scale out and minimize my risk now, there are exchanges that are doing that i'm not saying that there are not but they don't have the volume for me to go and trade that market i mean many times mm-hmm. even, even on bitmex um uh, it was eos against bitcoin that was a short for me two weeks ago i, I went and raised an order and i raised my order and i, I actually hit the button to to raise it and um, then I went and looked at the actual level two book or the order book and went, my order size is about a hundred times bigger than anything on that book. Now I'm not saying <laughs> that they're really big balls, but that's, that's not my objective. It's just factual. All the other orders were so small that A, I wouldn't get my fill at the level I wanted and B, when I wanted to get out, I can't get out. So you've got a little bit of a thing that you've got to try and create enough trust around the Digitex token to bring in enough bigger we, traders because you need right, we, great liquidity. Yeah, we do need like, like liquidity is, is the most important thing. And, and that's why marketing is such a big factor of an exchange. You know, the exchange is, you know, the mechanics, it's the technical side of it, but a massive part of it is the marketing. And yeah. we do, we've, we've absolutely knocked the marketing out of the park, you know, in, in the last, um, less than a year we've built a wait list of 1.5 million people that are waiting to join this exchange now you know we've we've done that through various different ways i mean it's it's a wait list so we'll be we'll be lucky to get probably 10% of those people actually go through the process of you know signing up and actually doing something but we've really got the marketing right we've really the concept has really appealed to a lot of people um Another thing, I mean, I mean, I'm here in Moscow now working with our developers right now. Uh, we, we had this expert in yesterday. We, we've got different consultants coming in. Um, he's a high-frequency algo trader, and I explained the, you know, the model to him. And he's, he said the same thing to you initially. He said, well, what about the Digitex price volatility affecting my trades? Uh, but once he got over that, he was like, well, actually, you know, if, if you know, just the fact that there are no commissions, there's going to be a lot of high frequency algo traders coming into this just to, you know, all right, you've got to accept that the price of the Digitex token is, is going to be stable. If it is, and if I'm willing to hold Digitex tokens, then it doesn't matter that, you know, that's, in, that's now an element in my trading because I will accept that because I can trade for free and there's other liquidity from other algo traders and you've got one and a half 
people, million people on your wait list. So I believe the liquidity will come and liquidity begets liquidity. And, you know, the, this, the exchange isn't constantly draining that liquidity in the form of commissions too. You know, everybody can trade with everybody, churn away, be highly active traders. And the, the you know, the pool of money isn't constantly diminishing like it is in a fee charging in exchange. So I think the liquidity will come. I'm very confident that it will be there. Well, you have to, Adam. You're the founder and CEO. If you weren't confident, then no one can but, be confident. Yeah, exactly. I would say that, right? <laughs> Talking to the algo side, though, I mean, if, if they're algo traders, right, then they're, they're, they're savvy people with computers and whatnot, right? I'm not an algo trader. I know algo traders. Algo traders are typically, I mean, that, that's the new, the, the new age in hedge funds and, and, and investment banking. You've got some 25-year-old who come out of some maths degree who's an absolute Right, dumb. yeah. They don't press buttons. <laughs> what they do is they write programs and then the traders these days, they're paid to sit there and make sure that the algorithm works. They don't actually do anything. They alert people when things occur, and if it goes outside of a certain risk demographic, then they are instructed to do X, Y, Z. But if something happens, that's when they kick in a gear. Most of the time, they are basically computer screen uh, babysitters. So they've got the smarts and the brains to also come up with something that can also help hedge against the token, I'm sure. And will you be trading Bitcoin against your own token for them to actually be able to hedge? Or is it just they'll come back to profit in Digitex and they'll trade, say, you know, Bitcoin against US or Ethereum against US or Ethereum, Bitcoin, yada, yada. Um, I mean, there's, there's going to be, these algo traders are going to, like you say, these guys are kind of next level smart kind of people. Yeah. So I'm not really going to try and predict what they're actually going to do with the platform and what kind of hedging mechanisms they're going to come up with. Um, I'm just confident that a zero fee system for people that do high frequency trading is always going to be a popular concept. You know, it's, it's yeah, a very if, if, if you do Bitcoin, uh, you know, traded against Digitex, then that gives them a, a tool to hedge against. If it's Bitcoin against dollar, not Digitex, then it's imp- nearly impossible. For them Absolutely. To I mean, we're going we're gonna to give them the, the markets that they want to, to do the strategies they want to do. So absolutely, if, if that's a market that is, you know, is needed by these guys to hedge their positions, then that's what we'll give them. Well, it has to be, right? If, 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 if you're an algo yeah. trader and you want to manage your risk and have a serious amount of money on a platform, you have to hedge against the Digitex token. You, you cannot do it at volume without, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's fair enough, yeah. All right, cool. So you're currently, where are you up to with the whole project? I mean, where, where are we up to? When, when's it live? When's it live? Oh, there's so many people asking that. We, we did the ICO last year. Uh, we started development. We had, some, we had you know, a bunch of problems with that original development team. Then we switched to another development team and had more problems with them. And now we've switched to another development team, which is actually a very good one. We're with SmartDeck now. I don't know if you've heard of SmartDeck. They're one of the most respected um, Ethereum and blockchain development companies in the world. There's, there's a lot of people know them absolutely solid company we're finally in good hands with the development we're hoping to launch something before the end of this year uh but we have had you know considerable development issues leading up to this point which like i say they're now solved but it has been a problem and and you know the problem with us having such good marketing is when you're very good at marketing and you've got such a big wait list and then your, your development fails, all you've managed to do is tell m- the maximum number of people how much you suck. That's, that's basically what we've done. So we're, we're getting a lot of stick from our community now about, you know, when are you launching? Um, 
I, I can't give any absolute launch dates right now because I've done that in the past and got into trouble. So all I can say is that it is, it is very firmly under control now. We have the best development team we could, we could possibly hope to have. And before the end of this year, we, we are going to be putting something out there. Well, one of the most it's, refreshing things that I've heard in, in, in many interviews is absolute honesty. So many people <laughs> in this space feel all sorts of reasons why it's not launched. It is just so much easier to fall on your sword and go, look, things happen. We've made some mistakes. This has happened. This yeah. has happened. Ultimately, it falls on you, Adam. Just the same as my business. I know. It's, I, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not blaming the developers we've had in the past. You know, they, they weren't up for the job, but, you know, it was my, it's my fault for not exactly. realizing that. It's my fault for hiring those people. It's my fault for not getting rid of them quicker. So I'm not blaming anyone but myself. But, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? We've, we've, yeah. we've got a lot of experience now our team's been through the mill we did it all through the worst crypto bear market in history and we're still going you know most of the 90 plus percent of the icos that you know around when we started they've already gone they're not developing anything and never will you know we're still going we didn't quit we're in a much stronger position now than we've ever been um you know so don't write us off by any means. We've, we've had some development issues, but we're in a very, very good position right now. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's refreshing to hear somebody actually just tell it how it is. We all have issues. <laughs> things pop up. Things happen. You're a business person. You're running a business, building a company. I like the fact that you can just say it without having to go around and around in circles. Now, final question for you, Adam. If you've got to have these traders using the token and assumingly that's where you're going to make your money because there's no fees, there's no spreads, yada, yada, then it requires you to have a certain amount of volume. That's the whole conversation thus far. So does that mean that you're also going to be paying your staff at all your expenses through the use of the token? And if that's the case, why do you need to print more? Well, the, the revenue model of the exchange is token issuance. So, you know, the, the, the wages and the support costs and the development costs and the marketing costs will come to X amount per year. Like before I use that example of, say, it costs $5 million a year to run an exchange. Um, if that, you know, if we're a very busy exchange and we've got, you know, a few hundred thousand traders or a million traders or whatever, and we get that Digitex token to a dollar, we've only got to mint $5 million new tokens that year to cover all those wages and costs and etc. And if you look on the, you know, the total supply that we have of 1 billion in this example to mint 5 million new tokens is a 0.5%. But why devaluation? Why, why, why mints at all? Why not just have a, the amount of tokens you've got and you pull it each year, which effectively is your, your running costs and your profit margin on top and you burn them, you pull them out and they're no longer in, in circulation. Or, but where are those, or, but where are those tokens coming from? To somebody, of course, but, but okay, I understand. So that was a dumb, really dumb question on my part. Apologies for that as a trader. I should know better. <laughs> um, but w- why not just have a, a certain amount held aside for, It's funny you say that because we actually do. We have something called the Digitex Treasury. At the ICO, we we held back. That's where the five million a year or whatever it is comes from. Well, we we held back a hundred million Digitex tokens at the ICO that we now started selling. We we released ten million Digitex tokens per quarter for the next two and a half years, and we sell those very transparently in a in a public token sale. We don't dump them on the exchanges. So we, we have a treasury of 100 million tokens to, to be going on with for the next two and a half years. 
So until that money runs out, we won't need to do any token issuance. So again, if we get to that dollar a token, we've got $100 million to run with. We're not going to need to issue tokens for years. But once that money has run out, then we don't have any more tokens. Then we would have to do token issuance. But token issuance is is governed by the token owners themselves. It's going to be through a voting system. We're going to say how much money we need for the next year. And the token owners themselves, the people who will be affected by that inflation rate, will vote yes or no on that. So it's, it's very much controlled by the people that it will affect. Well, in concluding, I, I like the fact that um, if you don't get the volume and the users and the, the, the token moving and the, the business going, effectively, all this work you've done, everything you've put into this is worth nothing. So the traders, the people involved, yourself, a big, big part of yourself, all the team, if you don't make this successful, you don't make a success. You're not going to walk away because there's nothing to walk away from. If the token does not increase in value and there's no market, secondary market to sell it to, then you've got nothing. And I kind of appreciate that because it's like, you know, pay me when I'm successful. And I like that, you know, fall on your sword and die or stand up and fight and win. And that I really do like. It's not just like, you know, I see it back in, you know, October, November, December, that period of time, it for me, it was a reverse business in, in the normal world where you work for 10 years, then you sell your business for 5, 10, 15, 100 million, whatever. What was happening back then was you'd come up with an idea, you raise 50 million, then you go, great, we've got 50 million, now we're going to get lazy because we've got all the money that we need. We've got right. absolutely no obligation to do anything because it's all crowdfunded and there's very slim, slim terms around anything. So you're doing a very different plan i really like the way you've done it i'm looking uh-huh. forward to seeing what you come out with adam thanks and and you know initial um, responses to the concept of it you know to commission free trading etc we're, we're also going to try and be uh, well we are going to be non-custodial where um you know traders will be able to trade on the platform without having to trust us with their money we have a full-time research team now working on ethereum scaling solutions uh here in moscow where we're going to have you know, the ability for traders to place their money into an independent smart contract that, you know, isn't under our control, isn't under our direct control. So you won't, you won't have to actually trust us with your money. So that's going to be another, you know, major selling point for the exchange. Not only is it commission free, um, it's going to be non-custodial accounts. And, you know, every time that we've had a close, you know, how we've had a run up to, you know, a lot of interest about our product, uh, the token always gets up to, you know, 15, 16 cents. And then we've, you know, that we've had the development issues that came in and then it's gone down. And then two months ago, it was up at 14 cents. And then we missed the develop, we missed the launch date we were supposed to have. And it's come down now to four cents. But as soon as we launch, this is a, this is a, a 25 cent token. And at, and at 25 cents, the, the tokenomics are very, very solid. The, you know, the inflation rate that we would need is, is minuscule. The, the money that we have in our treasury at 25 cents is, is about $25 million worth of tokens, which will last us, you know, a good few years. So, the, you know, the, the initial response to it, the, where the token has already been to its current prices is, is very, very promising. 
And for those of you that are listening here that have never traded traditional markets before, uh, obviously I spoke to another exchange, uh, sorry, a broker, uh, a traditional markets broker who's coming into this space uh, just a couple of days ago. Now, the big thing about this is that if you're going to put on a smart contract, and don't quote me on this exactly because I'm not this guy who understands the fundamentals, but if, Adam, effectively, what you're saying is if it sits separate to the Digitext accounts where you can't touch it, it's almost like a crypto segregated account. And a segregated account is your money sits separate to the exchange. They can't take it. If they go under, you still have right. an account on your own with your own money. It's not pooled together for them to take big risks and blow it all out of the water. Correct. Yeah. And that, that really is as big a selling point for a lot of people as the zero fees. You That's know, one it's, of the biggest. It's a major point. You know, if anything happens to our exchange, any reason, um, your, your money is safe in this smart contract. It was never ours. You know, we don't have your private keys. So, so, and again, you know, if we don't even have your private keys, it's hard for us to get hacked because there's, you know, we don't have anything to be hacked. So, and, and that is something that is appealing to me. I don't want to be holding a whole bunch of money, to be honest with you. I'd rather not if I can. So, the you know the the Ethereum scaling solutions that we're working on, um, it's pretty cutting edge stuff. You know we're trying to do non custodial in a real time futures exchange. You know you've got dexes now, you've got decentralized exchanges where you can do this non custodial thing, but you know your trade takes thirty seconds to go through, and you've got to pay gas because it's hitting the chain every time. The challenge that we have is to do this in a non custodial way but still have real time, you know, live futures trading that that's the problem. And all that work that we're doing to figure that out, we're also going to make that open source so that we'll be contributing towards the, you know, the Ethereum ecosystem yeah. and, you know, contributing towards mass adoption of, of cryptocurrencies, which will, you know, take it to the next level. Well, that in its own right, having that somewhat segregated accounts, you come up with a solution for that, Adam. You get some good orders in there, mate, and you've got something really, really special. Right, right. And that's what we're working on right now. You know, we've got a full-time team of, you know, just PhD brainiacs just working full-time on this here in Moscow. And, um, you know, they're they're trying all kinds of different things. This technology doesn't yet exist. You know, this is something that we we really want to do. and, you know, we're, we're making good progress. They've, they've got solid ideas. They've got solid partnerships with different other Ethereum developers. And it's very exciting what these guys are doing. Well, Adam, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Can you please tell us where we can find more information about uh, your exchange and where we can learn when it's going live? Sure. Yes. Go to uh, digitexfutures.com. Um, if you want to go join our Telegram group, we got like something like 60,000 people on our Telegram group. We're one of the most active, one of the busiest, most engaged Telegram groups in the world. Um, we, you know, we've got a lot going on on social as well. Uh, we post every day on our blog. We're, we're, we're just very active, very contactable. Um, but yeah, digitexfutures.com. Come check us out, join the community and, um, Ask us whatever you want there on the Telegram channel. Well, Adam Todd, founder and CEO of Digitex Futures, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for being so honest, straightforward, and transparent. I appreciate your time. I appreciate what you're doing. I wish you all the best. And when you're ready, let's talk again. I want to see what you come up with. Absolutely. Cheers, mate. I really appreciate this. Thanks for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, have a fantastic day. Bye for now.